Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. I'd like to share with you an experience I had when I was a child. When I was uh, 11 years old, I lived with my grandmother and grandfather for about a year. My father was drafted into the Air Force during the Vietnam War. And while he was in his boot camp and special forces training with the air commandos in the Air Force, uh, I lived with my grandmother and grandfather in my hometown of Manning, South Carolina. And I was an 11-year-old boy who was just full of himself, and I have to admit, I was a quite mouthy little 11-year-old boy. And I remember quite often that my grandmother would look at me, and she would say, Boy, you better watch yourself. You forget who you are. Well, she also had a housekeeper named Lily May. Lily Mae was short, she was stout, she weighed over 200 pounds, and she was a, a, um, a great conversationalist. She and I would sit and talk for the longest time every day after she finished her housekeeping chores, and we would just talk about life, and we often talked about the war in Vietnam. Uh, she had a son who eventually went to Vietnam. Of course, my father was headed that way as well. And we just talked about life, but sometimes I just uh, got too big for my britches. And she would look at me, and she would say the same thing that my grandmother said. And she would say, boy, you better watch yourself. You're getting a little too big for your britches. For you see, I was becoming boastful and prideful. And both my grandmother and Lily Mae, the housekeeper, could see that in me. Well, I heard that phrase so often that it became firmly etched in my little mind. And you can imagine my surprise when I became an adult and I was reading in my Bible in the book of Deuteronomy and I was praying that God would teach me the message contained therein and all of a sudden, I read in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 15, when God's speaking through Moses, Moses says to the children of Israel, watch yourself. Not just once, but multiple times, he says to the children of Israel, watch yourself. And it leaped off the page at me, it caused me to remember that admonition, that reproof, that rebuke from my grandmother and the housekeeper named Lily May when they looked at me as an 11-year-old boy and said to me, boy, you better watch yourself. And I'm just telling you, it was like an electrical shock. When I saw Moses speaking, not just to the children of Israel, but speaking directly to my heart and saying, Robert, you better watch yourself. 
Now let me read the verse to you. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 15, Moses said, So watch yourself carefully, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. And he goes on to describe other types of graven images that the people might be predisposed to fashion for themselves. Well, then you can fast forward over to chapter 6 in Deuteronomy and verse 12, and he, he makes a similar statement. And he says, Then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Well, two times in these few chapters, he tells the folks that they should not forget. He tells them they should not make any idols or graven images, and he precedes these admonitions with that phrase, watch yourself. So let's look at these a little bit. He tells them first in chapter 4 to watch yourself that you should not make any idols or graven images. Now, the children of Israel had just come from Egypt land. Egypt was a land full of idol worshiping. The Egyptians worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars. They worshiped frogs and all manner of other things. And in fact, all of the plagues that God called down on the land of Egypt were designed in such a way to embarrass and humiliate another one of the deities that the Egyptians worshipped and designed to exalt the Lord God Almighty, the one and only true and living God. When I was in India last, on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip, I recognized that the Hindus worshipped a multitude, a multiplicity of graven images. In fact, it's said that the Hindus have literally thousands of idols that they worship. And everywhere that you drive through the countryside in India, you see little shrines out in the middle of a pasture, in the middle of a field, and in that shrine will be one, two, or a dozen little idols that the people will go and leave flowers and fruit for these graven images. Now, those of us in Western civilization find that a little odd and backwards, but I'm here to tell you that although we may consider ourselves a little more sophisticated than that, we in Western civilization have our own idols that we worship. What is an idol? It's anything that comes between you and God. God says that you should have no other gods before me. What is a God? It's anything in your life that comes between you and God. It can be a hobby, a leisure time activity. It can be your career or your job. It could be your spouse or your children. It could be almost anything that you value more than your relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. I teach a third grade boys Sunday school class. Now I'm telling you, that's a unique experience. I challenge these boys often to read one chapter a day in the Bible. These boys are only seven or eight years old. And reading one chapter a day is a gargantuan task for them. They are not readers. These little boys are just not readers. But I noticed that they will spend hours a day with their video games. When I challenge them to read a chapter in the Bible every day, they look at me and say things like, well, that's impossible. We could never do that. And they'll all look at each other and nod in common assent, saying to me, there's no way we could do that. But when I challenge them and I say to them, well, look, guys, you all have time to play with your video games for one or two hours a day. And they all laugh and they look at each other and say, yes, of course. And I say, well, are you telling me that you love your video games more than you love God? Well, when I say that, you can see the Spirit of God taking a spiritual dagger and sticking it deep in their hearts. And the conviction falls on them hard and heavy. But they still cannot give up the love for the video game in order to spend just a few minutes a day reading the Word of God. They haven't learned to love God. They haven't learned to love His Word more than they love that idol in their life, which is a video game. Now, don't despise these third-grade boys because I know many adults that do the same thing. They come straight home from work, they flip on the television, and they watch sports or nighttime soap operas for hours, and yet they say to me when I ask them about their daily devotional that they are too busy. They don't have time to read the Word or to pray, and I'm just completely bum-fuzzled by that acknowledging that they have an idol in their life. The electronic media is an idol in their life, and they love it more than they love God. I remember years ago hearing a statement by Martin Luther where he said to a friend of his that he was so busy that day that he would have to spend an extra hour in prayer before he embarked on his day. (laughs) Well, you and I are just the opposite of Martin Luther. When we have a busy day, we discard our devotional time and we embark immediately on our busy day, leaving God completely behind. When folks say to me that they're just too busy to have a devotional time to worship God and pray, I look at them and I say, yes, you're right. You are too busy. You see, we have lots of idols in our lives, just like the Egyptians did, just like these third grade boys that I teach in Sunday school. And you see, God challenged the children of Israel through Moses, saying to them, watch yourself and do not allow any graven image into your life. Well, I submit to you and me that we need to watch ourselves that we not allow golf 
or hunting or fishing or electronic media or the children or your spouse or your new boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it may be to become an idol in your life and come between you and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's go to the next thing. In chapter 6 and verse 12, he specifically said to them that you do not forget who delivered you from the house of slavery in Egypt. Do not forget. You see, we all have a terrible tendency, a fatal tendency to forget, to forget the benefits of salvation. And we forget who delivered us from sin, who transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son, who delivered us from bondage to Satan, who delivered our blinded, who, who opened our blinded eyes and helped us to see. And you see, we, we tend to focus more on our stuff rather than the giver that leads to pride and self-sufficiency. It leads to an independent spirit. We focus not on our problems, but we should pro- focus on the problem solver. Watch yourself and remember, which requires a, a, a humility of heart and a recognition that God is the one who provides us with the power to make wealth. Is that not what he said in in the next chapter over in chapter 8? Remember in chapter 8, there's several verses where God was speaking to the children of Israel and he says to them, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I command you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the household of slavery. And then in verse 18, he says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth, that He may confirm His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. You see, when we forget God and we start focusing on our stuff and our wealth, rather than the giver of our wealth. It leads to that pride and self-sufficiency that's described in these verses. It leads to an independent spirit. And God said to the children of Israel, watch yourself and remember. Don't forget. This requires a humility of heart on your part and my part so that we continue to focus on the Lord God himself. Hi, this is Bob of Bob Sloan Audio Productions. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast yourself? Do you have a desire to communicate an idea, opinion, or even a hobby or interest you'd like to share with the world? And do you have the communication skill and dedication? If so, let's talk. Send an email and a short description of your idea to bob at bobsloan.com. 
That's Bob at B-O-B-S-L-O-N-E dot com. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right. Well, we're back. And I want us to to look at another verse where Moses spoke to the children of Israel in chapter 6 and verse 24. And he said to them, So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always and for our survival as it is today. You see, there's a benefit to fearing the Lord. It's for our good. You see, it was always good for my children to have a little bit of fear of daddy in their hearts. Because when my children had the fear of dad in their hearts, it helped them to straighten up and fly right. That's what my daddy always told me when I was growing up. He would look at me and he'd say, boy, you better straighten up and fly right. And you know what? I always had a deep respect for my father. And when he pointed at me and said that, this little boy, he always straightened up and I learned how to fly right. And you see, my children, when they had a little bit of fear in their heart of their daddy, it always kept them on the straight and narrow way. The same thing is true for you and me, brother and sister. When there is a fear of God in my heart, it it's for my good. It helps me to stay on the straight and narrow way. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 111, in verse 10, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. That means obey His commandments. When you and I obey God's commands, it shows that we have good understanding. It shows that we have wisdom about ourselves. But what's the beginning of wisdom? It's the fear of the Lord. I'm just telling you, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The respect and reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A wise man obeys God, and that obedience leads to God's blessing in your life and my life. Contrarywise, the Bible tells us that the way of the wicked is hard. Because God makes it hard for you and me when we deviate from obeying Him. Now, having said all of that, I want to consider another couple of phrases in the Bible that are similar to that phrase where Moses said to the children of Israel, Watch yourself. Well, the prophet Haggai, he said, Consider your ways. God spoke to the children of Israel when they were deviating from God's command, and he said to them, consider your ways. In Haggai chapter 1, in the Old Testament, chapter 5 and 6, pay attention to this. He said, now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like watch yourself? He says, you have sown much, but harvest little. You eat but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. He who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Have you ever felt like that before? 
You see, the consequences of forgetting and disobeying the Lord is is just exactly what Haggai is describing here. How many of you lead a life where your purse has holes in it and all your labor comes to naught? You, you know why? It's because we forget God and we're not giving Him a prior place, a priority place in our lives. And sometimes it's just because of outright disobedience. When we disobey God, it's like our purse has a hole in it. We eat and we're never satisfied. We clothe ourselves and we're still cold. Um, and, and we earn money, but it's just like our purse has a hole in it. It just disappears. Why is that? Well, God says, consider your ways. Now, what the children of Israel were doing in Haggai's days is God had challenged them to build him a temple, but they were building their own homes and paneling it with fancy wood, and they were neglecting the command to rebuild the temple. They were disobeying God and neglecting his command. Now, there's another phrase in the scripture that I want you to consider, and it's in the New Testament. In first in Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, and he said, examine yourselves. In the Old Testament, Moses said, watch yourself. Paul said, examine yourselves. So let me read this to you. In Second uh, Corinthians, he says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Now, the original word there to test yourself means to scrutinize and to test. How many of you scrutinize yourself spiritually? Do you take stock spiritually? Do you look into the mirror of God's Word and examine yourself carefully? That word, test yourself, is the literal, the, the Greek word, dokimatso, dokimatso, which literally means to test as to metals, M-E-T-A-L-S, metals. Now, we know how metals were tested. They were tested with fire. And that literally means for you and me to apply intense scrutiny to ourselves. Test yourself with intense scrutiny. The second thing I would recommend is that you test your works. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 3 through 5, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Oh, brothers and sisters, it's so hard. It's so easy for you and me to deceive ourselves. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. But for each one will bear his own load. You understand that the danger of deception is pride, thinking more of ourselves than we ought to, more highly than we ought to. We avoid pride and deception by examining our own work 
and making certain that our works are in, a, in agreement with our faith. Do we apply what we know? Do we obey God's commands? You see, it's not what we know that will save us. It is what we do with what we know. Even the demons in hell know that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, but do they worship Him? Do they obey Him? Of course they don't. Here's the question. Do you know that Jesus is the Savior of the world? Do you know that He is the Son of God? What do you do with that knowledge? Do you worship Him? Do you obey Him completely? Because, see, if you don't, then you're not properly examining your works. And you're not being fully obedient to what you know. And then thirdly, examine yourself from God's perspective. In Psalms 139, you know this verse well, verse 23 and 24. God is, this is that, that famous passage of Scripture where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Do you pray that for your own self? Do you ask God to search your heart? To turn the searchlight of God's word onto your heart and expose what is there? You and I cannot properly examine ourselves with the, without the searchlight of God's Word shining brightly on our wicked hearts to reveal our hidden sins. The standard is not other folks. The standard is God's holy Word. The Bible is a mirror that reveals God's holy character in our sinful ways. When you look into the mirror of God's Word, what do you see? Are you becoming more like God and less like yourself? Are you spiritually growing or spiritually dying? Those are the kinds of questions that you and I must ask ourselves when we look into the mirror of God's Word. Here's the challenge. Watch yourself. And do not forget who you are. Watch yourself. And don't be too big for your britches, too prideful and boastful. Don't allow any idols into your life that would separate you from God. And do not forget who delivered you from sin. These are the things that you and I must watch out for. And examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. If you'd like to contribute to further the efforts of the ministry, you can support them at patreon.com forward slash Jackson Family Ministries. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.